0: the next level. Hmm?
1: Ah. Huh. Sure, you can absolutely wait a few weeks before you launch. I was just assuming you didn't want to die. So, uh, when's the next time we can launch? Three? Maybe four months? Come on, even a weatherman on TV don't know what's gonna happen. Why are we listening to ours? Because I'm a doctor, and you're a hillbilly. You're a damn high school science teacher. Hey, Sawyer, let's just let the men talk. It's been raining every afternoon, and that means that we are on the cusp of monsoon season. Monsoon season is bad. Now, the trade winds are blowing north right now. Shipping lanes are north, so north is exactly where you want to be. What's that mean? That means when the monsoon season hits, the trade winds are going to shift to the south. The raft goes with the wind. Can anyone tell me what is the only piece of land that's south of us? Antarctica. That's right, Jack. Antarctica. So when do we have to leave? Yesterday.
2: Welcome everyone once again as we head back to the island for another episode of We Have to Go Back, Lost Revisited from the Next Level Podcast Network. I am
3: Ben Beck. And from Podcastica, I am Kristen Hal. This episode we continue on our journey through the island and break down episode one, wait, season one, episode 22, Do No Harm. Take it away, Ben, because clearly I can't even introduce a podcast anymore.
2: No, especially since we're doing episode 22, Born to Run.
3: That's what I just said, Born to Run. No, you said
2: do no harm. (laughs) We're off to a bang-up start.
3: I said, I said Born to Run in my head. Uh.
2: (laughs) We're off, this is what happens when we take a week off for a holiday.
3: It's not my fault that "Do No Harm" came out.
2: <laughs> yeah, this is again. This is what happens when we take a break off for a holiday. We're all already off to a bang up start for for well, this week's podcast.
3: What's strange is that I I uh, I watched Lost a couple of days ago, and I go, "Oh no, what's going on again? Oh yeah, the hatch." <laughs> wow okay like it took me a minute to figure out where we were and it, it had only been a week <laughs> since watching
2: i was almost ready for you to be like episode 22 everybody loves hurley
3: everybody loves raymond or,
2: everybody loves <laughs>
3: that's a completely <laughs> different show exactly <laughs> halloween that's...
2: episode of brooklyn Nine, the one with the hatch
3: <laughs> what you just referenced like eight shows
2: <laughs> i know it's all
3: right. Uh, how was okay. your
2: How was your Thanksgiving? Since uh, we didn't record last week,
3: it was good. I hosted everybody. I had uh, twelve people at my house. Almost, how about you?
2: Almost thirteen, because I almost made the trip.
3: Well, you should have. I saw your sad Thanksgiving dinner. It and was not I, a sad <laughs>
2: Thanksgiving sad dinner.
3: Thanksgiving dinner. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it was not a sad Thanksgiving dinner. It was. It was a Thanksgiving for one, and I was happy with that. Well, I like low key holidays. All right. And it's so funny, too, because you like you say like a sad holiday and like I I have to like always encourage my mother of that of the same way, too, because my mom's like, well, you should come over here. I I get invites to do things for Thanksgiving. So it's not like I didn't have anywhere to go. I could have come down to your place. I could have gone into Jersey. I, I had multiple invites. I sometimes just like to be low key and just do things my own way. All right. So I wasn't sad, I wasn't depressed. I just It was a
3: sad little dinner. (laughs) I saw it. It I saw your sad little dinner.
2: (laughs) It was if it was sad, then it was sad delicious because it was so delicious.
3: We had thirty bottles of wine here.
2: That you went through?
3: We went through twenty. Oh my god. I know. Maybe I
2: should have come down to your house. Yeah, you should've. I could have polished off the other (laughs) ten. No, but anyway, I'm glad you had a good Thanksgiving because that was
3: I'm glad you did as well.
2: Yeah, (laughs) I thought you were ready to say I'm glad I did, too.
3: I (laughs) No, that would have been mean. So
2: and of course, we hope all of our listeners had a fun Thanksgiving uh, and a safe Thanksgiving with their families as well. To those of you that celebrate, we know not everybody celebrates, especially me who sits at home with a sad Thanksgiving
3: dinner. Hey, man, it's Thanksgiving. It's a day about eating. I was thankful. Get on board, even if you're not American, okay?
2: (laughs) I, I was thankful, even though I was by myself. I was thankful I was by myself. All right, there you go. <laughs> uh, yeah, but let's jump into it. For those of you that are new to the podcast, welcome. Uh For those of you that need to be reminded a little bit of the format since we have taken the week off. Hopefully you didn't forget. Uh But we cover one episode of the show every week. Podcasts are released every Friday, so you're hearing this over the course of the weekend. Uh And we are a spoiler-full podcast, so you will hear... Um, spoilers from previous episodes as well as every once in a while we will dive into the future of the series as well so but as you mentioned episode 22 do i mean born to run Uh (laughs) and we're going to jump into our top three moments of the episode that we like to talk about uh, first and foremost and then we'll jump into some notes at the end but i'm going to kick it off to you uh what would you say was your number three of this kate driven episode
3: um, so my number three was actually the theme of discretion, or lack thereof. Um, we had a lot of secrets and a lot of um, loyalties that were tested in this episode, and uh, one of the biggest one of the biggest ones, I, I believe, was kind of Kate's secret, right? And um, so, so Kate is a fugitive and i forgot that nobody knew this still there were very a, yeah
2: there were very limited a, a handful of people that knew
3: at and really point. sawyer didn't know either it was just something that he had put together True. until he confronted her on it but you know when hurley when hurley outed kate by accident to Locke. You know, Locke looks at Jack and Jack says, Well, it's discretion, right? And so then I start thinking, man, there's a lot of that going around. You know, you have um and, and and a lot of it had to kind of center around Kate's story and Kate's past on the island. And Sawyer, in probably one of his most dick moves ever, outs her past. Uh, to everybody on the island, and he uses zero discretion. So, whereas Jack, for once, was a good guy in this scenario.
2: (laughs) For once. This is not the first time.
3: To Kate, kind of. um, Sawyer completely betrayed her, and betrayed her with information that he really wasn't too sure on anyways. And it was all for, you know, his own I, I don't know what it was for. I mean, yeah, it was to get off the island, but I think it was also because maybe he wanted her as alienated as as he was on the island because he's alone and maybe he was feeling threatened by being alone and and not kind of assimilated like pretty much everybody else has been. Um, but you did have um, you did have Kate kind of get betrayed by sawyer uh with his lack of discretion he got hurley hurley's lack of discretion in the fact that he has no idea how to keep his mouth shut or who knows what or that was hilarious by the way um you had how lost am I
2: supposed with... to know who knows what on this island
3: <laughs> he said somebody didn't know about the polar bears <laughs> Um, Saeed used his own discretion to get Jack to follow him into the jungle. Locke used his own discretion about, um, about keeping the hatch from everybody else. Uh, Locke used his discretion with Walt, um, saying something, saying, um, that him and Walt are friends and he believes that he wouldn't hurt his dad. Uh, and he believes, you know, and he keeps his friends secrets, which, many other people on the island do not um let's see son used her own discretion and she didn't out Kate as Kate as it was Kate's idea to um to To, poison 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 sounds like such a bad word it is a bad word (laughs) poison gin well she just wanted to make him sick let's just be honest okay um and then and then when you look at Kate's Flashback, you had Tom who was being amazing to, you know, his old love interest or girlfriend or whatever. And he used a lot of discretion in not telling anybody that Kate was there, uh, making sure that Kate could have a moment with her dying mom um, in the MRI room. So I just noticed just kind of that running theme throughout the entire episode of discretion. Or the lack of discretion and just kind of how that was played with throughout the episode.
2: Okay, I can see that. And it kind of plays into my number three a little bit as well. Um, But whereas you saw one overarching theme of the episode, I saw a completely different one.
0: Cool. And,
2: uh, you know, you, you saw the overarching theme as discretion. I saw the overarching theme as change of dynamics. Um. And I want to start with, because two of them are are my top three, and my third one's just one for fun, but um, I want to start with the Kate and Sawyer dynamic, because this is a dynamic that completely changed. These are two characters that, over the course of what we've seen so far in this series, have been almost like a will-they-won't-they kind of thing, because they, they do share that, that they're kind of... On the outs of the rest of the group a little bit. And as you said, like a little bit of a loner, both Kate and Sawyer. And they've had those flirtatious moments as well. But this is the first time that we're really seeing Kate versus Sawyer. And it really Mm -hmm. comes down to the part where when it comes to when it comes down to survival, they become ruthless. Uh, You know, like they both say to each other, like, I don't care what it takes. I'm getting that seat on the boat. And they're enemies at this point. And even comes down to the point where, like you said, <clears throat> Sawyer pulls one of the biggest dick moves he, he has yet to pull by ousting Kate about who she is when he finds out. So <clears throat> I, th- I think the dynamic of Kate and Sawyer has definitely changed at this point. Now, it's going to change back over, I think, even before this season ends, it's going to change back. I think it was for a very short period of time that this dynamic changes, but they're very much against each other for the first time all season.
3: Um. Yeah, I mean, I guess maybe on a fundamental level, I can see that. Do you think that um, maybe this was just kind of the feelings that they had about one another already just coming to the surface? mm. And the I, reason why I asked this is because they did have a pretty serious um, fight over the suitcase.
2: That's true. That That's yeah, they did have they did have their disagreements before. But this is I think this is the one where I said like it gets down to being ruthless.
3: Absolutely. No, I completely agree with what you're saying. I'm just wondering if maybe it could be that just those maybe there's underlying animo- feelings of animosity that have come to surface or maybe just their damaged parts are exposed to one another and that they know how to get at each other's weaknesses well, there's as definitely, a
2: result. There's definitely more behind it. I mean, you look at the reasonings as to why each of them are being the way they are. And mm-hmm. it's I don't think it's just because of the relationship of these two characters as to why they're being this way to each other. They, be, they <clears throat> each have ulterior motives as to why. Sawyer just wants the hell off this island because he feels like he doesn't belong. And Kate knows that if she stays on the island and she gets rescued, she's going to be revealed as to who she is. So this is her way of escaping that. So I, I, she sees this as a means of it. They both see this as a means for of escape, but for two completely different reasons.
3: It's interesting that everybody thinks that this raft is their ticket off the island during this episode. Don't you think? Yeah. Like Kate kicks into survival mode. Sawyer wants off the island first. Um, you know, Charlie's writing music. Everybody's kind of talking about it. It's, it's, it's interesting because nobody has found them yet. They just learned that the trade winds are shifting and they might not even get to be where anybody is. And, um, I don't know. It was, it's just so funny how this little tiny injection of hope has completely changed. As you say, the dynamic of the entire group on the Island. Yeah.
2: I, again, another dynamic change. Uh, one of a couple that I have listed here. um, and that's actually one I didn't have listed. So, well done on that. Yeah, it's Thank the, you. The, thank you. The boat changes the dynamic of everybody on the island because Give me a right, theme it, and it, I'll it,
3: and I'll find it.
2: because <laughs> it gives them hope. It, and you're right. A little glimmer of hope goes a long way when you're in a situation where people have died and mm-hmm. there really isn't with the exception of, you know, finding water and and shelter, there's really nothing else to look forward to. A game of golf maybe?
3: Um, well, yes, they did. What is it? They have two holes.
2: Yeah. Uh, is it two or three? I think it's three. It might be two. I don't remember. It's it's no more than three. <laughs> but it makes me it cracks me up, too, when we talk about the boat, when we talk about the raft or a boat, as Charlie calls it, it's because it, that's pretty much what it is. It makes me laugh at the ingenuity that they have to build that boat. But yet they're still living under tarps. I know. <laughs> on the beach. Like you couldn't have put some of that ingenuity into building a hut. Or something that people could be out of, you know, out of the weather and such. But, you know, that's the way, you know, Michael's focus has been on that raft. So, of course, it's it's hard to say that he would have been able to help with anything else.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: So, but yeah, I think the Kate and Sawyer is just one of the couple dynamics that I have written here in my notes. Uh, moving on to uh, number two. What's your number two for the episode?
3: Well, did you have any other dynamics that were changing or just... I-
2: I do, but I can kind of, um, well, I mean, the only one, one of them is, I guess I can bring up, because I have some other ones I can fill in for my top three if I decide to move them in. Um, I mean, there's, obviously, there's the hatch dynamic, because we have a huge dynamic between Jack and Saeed that builds because of this. And it, honestly, watching this episode, it was, looking at the, the, the methods to their madness as to why they were thinking the way they were, it was kind of hard for me to side with either one of them on one hand you've got jack who wants to open it because let's be real as somebody in looking at that situation you find a hatch on the island how could you not want to know what's inside it
3: man of science
2: exactly but then you have saeed's you know well there's no way to open this there's no handle on the outside so maybe it wasn't meant to be open <sighs> That is
3: like the most telling and and just best argument for leaving that thing the fuck alone. Yeah, (laughs)
2: yes. (laughs) You know, but I mean, you know, Jack makes good points as well. Like there could be supplies inside. There could be, this could be shelter. This could be, and again, I kind of see it from both sides. It's tough for me to actually side with anybody on this because I see it from both sides. AKA sides, there (laughs) we go. Uh, the only other dynamic I really want to bring up in this too is the Jin and Sun dynamic, mm. and it's more than just the whole poisoning to you know make Jin, make Jin sick so he stays behind. I noticed a really big change in dynamic of these, and that's the escape dynamic. There, you look at where these two characters originated in that it was Sun who wanted to escape from Jin. That role has flipped.
3: Ah, oh, you're right.
2: And Jin, Jin is now, now, now the one escape. that wants to escape because he's hurt. And he's the one that now wants to escape. That dynamic has been completely flipped on its head because of Sin's uh, secret. Sun. Son's. I said Sin. God. Jin and Son. Yeah, because of Son's secret. So now, whereas again, it was Son who wanted to escape Jin because of everything that he had done, it's now the opposite. Jin is the one that wants to escape. And he's going to try. He's he's got his seat reserved on the raft and that's that's his way to do it. That's a
3: very interesting dynamic. That's very, very good. I love that.
2: That's that'll be the only one you get this this podcast.
3: Oh, okay. (laughs) No, I don't know. It's such a shame we wasted it so early. (laughs) I
2: know we still have two more to talk about. (laughs) <laughs> but those, yeah, those are some of the dynamic changes that I definitely noticed. Uh, obviously, the hatch dynamic, Jin and Son, the escape dynamic, and the mm. island dynamic, as you had mentioned, and then uh, Kate and Sawyer as well. Mm.
3: Very nice. So, Very nice. I like it that we both found some really, some two cool little themes running through the episode.
2: Yeah, it just goes to show you that people can look at these episodes differently, too, which is mm-hmm. why I'm really enjoying going back and rewatching these and then actually talking about them.
3: We have to go back.
2: <laughs> uh, now, moving on to number two. What's your number two?
3: My number two is. Um, it I, my number two is, kind of about all the dudes and. Okay. Jack, and Sawyer, are just awful. I think that they're awful. <laughs> um. Locke proved to kind of be the better of the three men this episode. He proved, um, I said earlier that he was talking to Walt and he mentions that because they're friends that he gives Walt the benefit of the doubt. I think that's great. That's what you should give your friends. You should you should believe in them. You should you should say, you know what, that person's my friend and I like them and they said that they said. If they say something, then I'm going to believe it because they're my friend. Whereas Jack asks Kate, did you poison Jen? Or did you poison Michael? And and Kate's like, how can you even ask me that? Do you really think that I did that? And he says, I don't really know anything about you. Every single chance Jack gets, he does not give Kate the benefit of the doubt. His opinion of her... Is pretty low because later in the episode when it comes to son he says I won't tell anybody what you did don't worry I'm not going to tell anybody I'm not going to implicate you everything's going to be fine so he's more inclined to give son the benefit of the doubt that her intentions are not malicious her intentions were actually good but he won't even entertain the thought that this woman that he has spent the bulk of his time so far on the island with is, is not capable of poisoning someone else. It it just, it, it's beyond me. It's, it's, he's just awful to Kate and I can't figure out why. And it, it really bothers me. And then He's going out to the jungle with Saeed. And Saeed's like, we're almost there. Come on, let's go. I can't really talk about it. And Jack doesn't trust Saeed, who he spends a lot of time with. And he just stops like a defiant toddler. And he goes, no, I'm not taking any more steps until you tell me what's going on. Huh. And. And. And it's not until Locke shows up and Locke's like, I said, please don't tell you, blah, blah, blah. And Jack's like, okay. And it's like, you don't even like Locke. You don't even like Locke. Saeed has been your friend and he's been there for you. And he's done shit that he didn't want to do for you so far on the island. And you can't even give him the benefit of the doubt that, okay, you know what? I'm just going to go with it, Saeed, because you have not steered me wrong yet. But no. No.
2: No nope. yeah, This has, is this is a man to you be just
3: a control freak.
2: This is a man you just accused of murdering Boone, and you're going to take his word for it over over Saeed.
3: Exactly. Exactly. All right. It, you know, I, I just I can't with this guy. I, <laughs> yeah, there's so much that he does that infuriates me. I think this and, is
2: time for your catchphrase.
3: I I said it. Jack is the worst.
2: (laughs) I know. I just wanted to hear it again.
3: Jack is the worst. (laughs) That's what I was looking for.
2: (laughs) Des will love that too.
3: But then Sawyer, who I'm coming around on, who everybody's coming around on, because I mean, look at him the past couple of episodes. He's been awesome, you know, and he just completely betrays. Kate, who is the only person, by the way, that's ever been in his corner so far. Yeah,
2: but we've said that too over the course of the last couple episodes that we've recorded is that, you know, as much as we're coming around on Sawyer, he is a character that every once in a while, when he takes a step forward, he still takes two steps back.
1: I understand. This
2: is one of those moments where he took steps backwards.
1: Yeah, and I I,
2: I agree with you completely on that because again going back to what we were talking about earlier, ousting Kate to the rest of the island and then Kate being shunned pretty much by everybody after that reveal is made, that is the biggest dick move he has made so far.
3: Yeah, I mean everybody's looking at her differently. Michael doesn't want to even be near her. Michael doesn't even want like he takes a step back from her. Well, because he's know,
2: he's assuming that she might have been the was the one that poisoned him.
3: Mm. but that and that's another thing it it just ugh, like everybody is able to get a fresh start on this island and kate lost hers and that's not fair
1: yeah
2: no i understand that and i, I definitely see that point of view as what you're saying especially because of you know we kind of had an
1: uh,
2: john Locke was the neutral party in this and you know it kind of took it almost it was it was almost like the Saeed and John Locke roles shifted a little bit and flip-flopped for this episode where they almost forgot who the writers were writing for (laughs) in this particular episode like wait a minute it was supposed to be the other way around
3: I did I did love it when Saeed's like uh I've brought you out here to try and talk some sense into this guy (laughs) (laughs) but that's probably something we'll talk about the hatch later but um yeah, so, I mean, just just kind of every, just the whole dynamic of, of these men, these three men on the island. And, you know, they've become kind of the three central ma- male figures on the island. Um, and just two of them were absolutely terrible to Kate. And those are the two that are closest to Kate. I just, I, I had a hard time with it. I hate Jack to begin with. But this just like every single time he does something to prove me right, I get a little angry because I would like to see the good in this character. <laughs> well, let me, and uh,
2: late- I, was, I was gonna say, let me just ask you a quick question. I know you have issues with Jack, but do you end up hating Jack the entire series?
3: I can't remember because okay. I, I thought he was dreamy and wonderful the first time I saw it. And now I'm looking at him with my 38 year old eyes. He's so the worst. We're, we're, let's just see, let's see what happens. <laughs>
2: <laughs> let's just see where we go down with this hole.
3: Because I, it took me by surprise. Like when I was watching it, when we first started this podcast, that I had such a negative reaction to Jack. Because I never remembered having that much of a negative reaction to Jack when I watched it in my twenties. So this was an interesting little revelation. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I, okay. No, I mean, I can understand that. It's it's funny how going back, I've rewatched this series in, a number of times. And you're right. It's funny how like, even though this is probably easily my fifth or sixth time going through this series. But now that we're actually kind of slowing down, because, you, you know, I binged it every other time where I just go episode mm-hmm. and episode and episode. But now that we're slowing it down and actually taking our time with it and rewatching and analyzing everything. You start to make these different realizations that you kind of never one you never saw the first time around, and two you're seeing things differently than the, these times you did before. Mm-hmm. You know, you're and see- you
3: know it's different life stages that you're in. You can pick up on other elements of the show that maybe you didn't see before. True, I think
2: I, I know for what, I know the one thing though that has not changed in all of my viewings of this is I still love Claire.
3: Well, that's good. I still love <laughs> How it should be, and you know, and Jin and Sun will always be my two favorites. So, you know, some things just remain true, but you know, thematic elements and storylines, and just different uh, aspects of the show can can be more prevalent in different life stages. I think, and that's what's great about a show that's as layered as this one is that you could watch a show for the first time when you're, you know, twenty five or whatever. Yeah, I was about 25 when the show started. And, you know, it's just wonderful, you know, and you're like, oh, this is so great. Everybody should believe Jack, follow Jack, tell Jack everything. He's the best. He's a doctor. (laughs) And then now I'm like, no, fuck that guy. Why is everybody trying to talk to him? You know, so it's it's weird. It's been, what, 18 years?
2: Yeah, I think it's yeah, it's, it's just about that. And it's going to be very interesting to me, too, because, you know, three of my favorite characters, four of my favorite characters.
3: No, char- 13 years. I'm sorry. I can't age myself that much. It's been 13 years.
2: I don't know. I, I, I'm I'm no goods at math. Uh, <laughs> um, but it's going to be interesting when we start talking in about season two and season three, because one of my favorite characters by the end of this series has always been Ben, uh, who... If you're watching the show for the first time, you haven't met yet. You won't meet until I think it's season two. And he
3: doesn't blink.
2: (laughs) No, he doesn't blink. We're going to
3: have a blink counter going.
2: But I I always I mean, obviously, uh, John Locke was one of my favorite characters from the start. Uh, I was a huge fan of Charlie and Hurley together. And Ben was one of my favorite characters as well. And it's going to be interesting for me to see when we start getting into that. If my opinion on that is still the same. When we start actually analyzing everything.
3: Yeah, that'll that. be fun.
2: Yeah, to see if the, if, they, if I still feel the same way about that.
3: So so that was my number two. It was just kind of those three men. I, I didn't want them to be separate, so I just squished them all together into one. That's fine. <laughs>
2: that's, that's perfectly fine.
3: How about you? Um, What's your
2: I don't know which one to do for my number two now because I have two. Um, I actually have three here that I want I could use as my my two and one, but I'm trying to figure out. I'll go with uh I'll go with me uh meet Doctor Arst because mm-hmm. I have I a love him. I, I have a funny story about this and this is a character okay. this is a character that actually is he he's gonna make a big bang on this show uh, as we progress forward. Total pun intended on that one. You'll realize that as we, before the season (laughs) is over. Uh, But, you know, this is a character that at this point in the show, we've never met before. And it just kind of comes out of nowhere to be the one who reveals about the trade winds and that they kind of have to leave immediately if they haven't left already. And the reasons why they have to leave in which as the show progresses on, we realize that none of that stuff is going to matter at all because there's so much about this Island that we don't know yet. At this point, that everything that he had just revealed to them probably wouldn't have mattered anyway.
3: Yeah, well, that's what I thought when he was talking about it. I said, yeah, it doesn't matter, dude. You're not getting off the island. Doesn't
2: matter. (laughs) But this isn't like a character who's just going to be a one off character either, too. He's going to play a big role throughout the course of the rest of the season. Not so much into season two, (laughs) but we'll get into that a little bit later. But this was a character who you know kind of came out of nowhere and will play an important role but this the only reason i make this one of my top two is because i i do have a personal story about uh the actor that plays him uh daniel roebuck i used to work for uh, a major metropolitan radio station here in philadelphia and when lost was i used to work for and i'm still friends with their morning show they used to do with Lost used to air on Wednesdays and every Thursday morning they would do a Lost recap because they were huge fans of Lost. And they would spend like 10-15 minutes on the air if not a half hour just breaking down the episodes. kind of what we're doing now. Just not in as much detail.
3: They were manifest-minuting it.
2: Yeah, pretty much. Uh, because the <laughs> show was still new. And as the seasons progressed, they it got more and more traction. Like they started getting interviews with the cast And they started doing viewing parties every week. They would find like a nice local bar that they could get on board for promotion. And, and, you know, I went to a number of the the different parties. And then one season, they did a season finale party. And it was, I think it was, actually, it might have been season one. No, no, it wasn't season one. Because Michael Roebuck had already, um, or um, Daniel Roebuck had already been introduced in the series. Uh, So... I think it was season two, they actually went to a big venue in the city, um, the Electric Factory, which is where concerts and stuff are held. And they did a season finale viewing party. And they said that they were going to bring in a member of the cast to be there, to sign autographs and take pictures and everything. And I was working with them and I was friends with them. And they asked me if I wanted to be the handler of the, of the cast member that they got. I said, yeah, of course. The cast member that they got was Daniel Roebuck.
3: Cool. So it
2: was Dr. Leslie Arnst who was there. So I got to hang out with Daniel Robach for the entire night and watch an episode of Lost with him.
3: That's very cool.
2: Which, you know what, thinking about it, it might have actually been the season one finale. I think that's why they got him. Cool. Um, because he signed um, he he made a picture he he signed a picture for me too, which I still have and uh, because obviously at this point, you know what? It was. It was the season finale of season one. Because what happens to him, I think, happens in part one of the finale. Mm-hmm. And then there's the, the second part, which was the the two-hour finale, which was the following week. So what had happened to him, what happened to his character had already happened. So that's why he was, he was still there. And then when he signed the picture for it, he said... To Ben, thanks for uh, thanks for great assistance tonight, dynamite in quotation marks, and then, signed, <laughs> <laughs> and then signed his name. So I brought that up as my number two, just because you this, wanted to
3: tell that story. This is the first time
2: we're meeting this character, and I did. I wanted to share that story because that's still a cool memory I have of one this show and two working with that radio station that I actually got to watch an episode of Lost with a cast member from Lost.
0: Which Very I, I cool. thought was just
2: a really cool experience. It wasn't a main character, but he was still a really cool dude to hang out with and uh it was a lot of fun.
3: I really so. liked um I really liked his little lesson. Like you could tell that he was really starved for his job because he's like, Can anybody tell me that what you know, what is directly south of us? And so like, Uh Antarctica? Or was it Jack? I, it was Jack. Was Jack, or Jack goes Antarctica. Like, I know the answer. And he goes, very good, <laughs> very Jack. Very good, Jack. <laughs> it's like, it was this funny. Then he like, he has this little, his little visual piece that he's going to use for his lesson with the, the piece of bamboo in the plastic bag. And he's like, see the wind's? blowing this way. You don't want them. To, and soon they're going to blow the other way. Like I just totally reminded me of when you go to like outdoor school at overnight camp in sixth grade and you've got some overeager teacher that wants to teach you about nature.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I've had teachers like that.
3: Oh, we've all had them. I mean, I think every kid that's our age or around our age has been to overnight nature camp
2: at, at some point or has done something similar.
3: Right. Exactly. so that was that was your earth science teacher from junior (laughs) high, basically stuck on that island.
2: (laughs) Yeah, that's very true.
3: Who just needed to teach somebody about monsoon season and trade (laughs) (laughs) winds.
2: But you're right. He, He does seem like a character who was kind of starved in in doing what he used to do. He just wanted to have a moment where he could do it again. And that was his moment.
3: I swear, why should I believe you? Because I'm a doctor.
2: <laughs> you were a teacher.
3: <laughs> Still a doctor. <laughs> it's like, it
2: reminds, it reminds me of Ed Helms from The Hangover. When he calls himself a doctor, he's like, uh, you're a dentist.
3: <laughs> <laughs> or Ross Geller when he says, it's Dr. Geller. Okay, <laughs> easy there. <laughs> we're in a place where it means something. <laughs>
2: <laughs> That's right. I forgot about that. <laughs> <laughs> We're in a place where it means something. <laughs> oh well done. Well Thank done you. indeed.
3: Linda clockin. I'm done there for you, buddy.
2: <laughs> that moment. Oh my god, one of these days we will have to tell that story cuz that's the first night you and I ever met and That was
3: a good story. That was
2: a good story. <laughs> uh, let's let's go, let's go into our number ones now.
3: Okay.
2: What's your your number one for the for the episode?
3: My number one is just Kate and her demons. Um, we learn a lot about Kate in this episode. I think, I think we learn where her trust issues lie. Um, we learn that she has been a runner since she was a kid. Uh, clearly, it had something to do with what I can only, what you can only assume at this point, is a father figure or something like that. Um, she seems to really love her mom so I don't think that she wants to run as a result of her mom um, In in if, if you're a first time watcher if, if you're looking at this with fresh eyes right um, but she accidentally gets who we come to think of as the love of her life killed in this episode and you could tell that this haunts her. That's why she still has this plane. Although I'm interested to know, because I've completely forgotten how she gets that plane back.
2: Uh, it was in the personal possessions for. It was in that Manila envelope that the. Um, I think it was in the briefcase with the guns.
3: Right. No, no. No. I understand that. Oh. But she left it in the back seat of that car.
2: No, she grabbed it.
3: No, she did not.
2: I'm pretty sure she did.
3: I think. Okay, well, I watched it twice, and I, I could have sworn she left it in the back seat, which is why I was confused. Uh, hmm.
2: I might have to bring up the video while we're talking just to double check it. Okay. Uh, but no, I mean, you could be right. You could be absolutely right. It's But I I, I could have sworn it was one of the things that she grabbed as she went out.
3: So, well, moving forward. So, you know, she has come to kind of trust Jack for whatever fool reason, Probably because she likes jerks. I don't know, um, <laughs> but okay. but Jack kind of tells her that she's not worth much in this episode, you know. And Jack, I think Kate is more hurt by Jack not believing her that she she's not the one that poisoned Michael than she is by Sawyer outing her in front of everybody. And she kind of got a one-two punch, anyways, that day. And really. The lesson at the end of this episode is the sisterhood is strong on the island. son was not going to sell Kate down the river
2: um real real quick I, I'm gonna break into your conversation uh she does leave it in the back of the car, but it's during the bank robbery. it's in that safety deposit box.
3: Ah, you're right
2: in the in a previous flashback that's, that's why she,
3: she robbed that's why she robbed,
2: yeah. That's how she, I remembered that now after seeing it, that she left it behind. That's why she got involved with those guys was because she needed to get that out of the safety deposit box.
3: You're right. You're very, very right. I forgot about that episode. Continue. (laughs) No, no problem. Um, Where was I?
2: (laughs) Sorry. I know that's the thing that sucks about jumping into your conversations is you forget what you're talking about,
3: but you were talking about
2: like the, 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 there's like a womanhood. Like um,
3: the, Yeah, the sisterhood. The sisterhood. The, I mean, look, the men on that island betrayed her in this episode, but Sun, Sun stood by her, you know? Granted, Sun knows the truth, but, e- but Sun knew the truth about the poisoning. But I'm sure that that's the first time that Sun had found out that Kate was a fugitive, and it didn't change her opinion of Kate. It didn't get her—it didn't have Sun walk away from Kate. True. So— You know, there's something to really be said for that, because Jack and Sawyer were ready to drop her on the curb. And everybody else walked away from her, including Claire.
2: Well, Claire didn't Claire wasn't ready to walk away from her. Claire walked away from her, as did Shannon.
3: Oh, Shannon looked disgusted. And for somebody with a shady past like Shannon, that was not right either. Shady but, past. You know,
2: shady present. She wanted, to, right. she literally that's wanted true. to murder John Locke.
3: <laughs> that's true. <laughs> no, no, no. She tried to. She did oh, that's shoot right. him.
2: That's right. She tried she to murder John Locke.
3: Him. She actually grazed his head.
2: <laughs> yeah. Shady, pre- shady present. You're right. So she's got no room to kind of turn around and, and shun anybody.
3: Exactly. So, you know, it's just, Kate was very much tortured by her demons. She lost her fresh start. We learned a lot about her. We learned a lot about her. And she's the one character when we have a flashback episode for I get really excited about because I feel like we really kind of dig into her character a lot more than maybe some others. Maybe that's just because her past is so complicated. Yeah. You know, Locke has some really, really well done flashback episodes as well. I think, you know, Jack's pretty vanilla. Poor, poor Jack with his daddy issues and drinking problem.
2: <laughs> well, I mean, one of the other things I wanted to bring up about that kind of stuff, too, is... Um, You know, and this is going to kind of tie into my number one as well. So we'll tie our number ones together is that if you noticed at the beginning of this episode, there's no previously on previously on lost. And by the end of the episode, I kind of realized that's for a good reason, Mm
1: -hmm. because
2: anytime you see those previously ones, you know, something is going to pertain to something that was in that previously on.
1: Mm -hmm. But
2: this is that first time around that this is that time around where. When we met Tom, you were kind of interested in finding out who he was, but the moment that Tom and Kate kissed, I knew he was a goner. <laughs> knew he was a goner because let's not forget when Jack confronted Kate on what those things were in her personal possessions and why. I think it was either it was either Kate or it might have been or it was either Jack or might have been Sawyer, and like why this plane was so important to her. She broke down and said, it belonged to the man I loved, the man I killed. So the fact that she made, she kissed Tom and you saw the feeling she had for Tom, I knew right then and there that was the man she got killed. Right. So I knew Tom was a goner the moment they shared that moment in the car. And right. then you see, um, because I think you're right, when it came to Kate's running, up until that point, Kate was running simply to avoid the law. She wasn't running because she regretted anything she had done. Now she did. Because her running caused the death of somebody that she actually cared about.
3: Mm -hmm.
2: She didn't care about her her dad or her stepfather or whoever it was in her life that she killed. Now it did. Now Mm -hmm. it cost somebody their life that didn't need, it didn't need to happen, but it's her fault. Now she's running for the first time with regret. Right. And again, that's another big dynamic change that mm-hmm. happens in case. Well, and life.
3: she almost indirectly got Michael killed. I mean, who knows what would have happened with that poison? True,
2: because she was the one that gave Son the idea to do it.
3: Right. Right. All because she wanted to get away and she wanted to run again. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, that makes it the whole episode now comes full circle, right? She's she's always wanted to run. She indirectly got someone killed uh you know the the man that she loved killed uh, while running, and now she wants to run away um, on this raft and and try and remain anom- an- anonymous, and almost indirectly gets Michael killed.
2: Yeah. Yeah. All while trying to run. So her running has had consequences on other people. Mm-hmm. You know, now, I mean, but let's look at some of the other ones too. Her running has cost the U.S. Marshal his life um yeah but he was a dick he was a dick but look at the guy that she was staying with in australia before she was caught
3: he yeah that's
2: true he was in a he was in an accident in his truck bill because she was trying to escape yep so her her running has had drastic consequences to people outside of her life and again i think it took the death of tom to to really give her the, the first regret that she had for it
3: give her pause yeah you're right you're very right that was a good link very good so what was your number one
2: that was it like i said i was tying them together
3: so because
2: i had i had the the whole uh kate and tom kissing and no previously on moment as my number one okay so i was i was kind of i was kind of tying them together into your number one because you were talking about kate's past at the same time so i figured i'd just tie them together
3: I, for some reason I just assumed that your number one was going to be hatch centric.
2: Um it's really not because we didn't we haven't really gotten a lot of the hatch yet. All we've seen is just the outside of it. There's there's I was so very much.
3: surprised to see how dug out it was.
2: It cons- especially considering how deep it actually goes.
3: I know. <laughs> but I mean <laughs> well, it's like John Locke, friend, you've been very busy.
2: Yeah. There's there's so much that goes with the hatch but most of it 95 percent of it isn't until season two
3: right right i
2: think there's one with the exception of opening the hatch there's only one other thing really to talk about and that's going to be next week when we get into the finales and so it's uh, and that's hurley's revelation on the hatch Mm-hmm. So, other than that, everything else about the hatch, which again, there's so much to talk about, doesn't happen until next season.
3: Right. Well, we're still in setup mode, anyways. True. Um. So let's talk about Walt for a second.
2: Yes, because I do have a note about that.
3: Yeah. Let's 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 just chat about Walt just for a sec.
2: <laughs> you mean the one thing that's one of the few things on this show that's never explained?
3: I know, right, <laughs> man. Yeah, this kid.
2: Um, and it's it's a shame, too, because there was so much set up for what could have happened with Walt. I mean, we we got him reading the comic book with the polar bear and then a polar bear appears. And I, as I said, I, I think they course corrected with that one pretty well over the future of the series. Um, uh-huh. But we've got the whole thing with the bird flying into the window. And it was the same kind of bird he was reading in the book. And now we get the moment where he touches John's arm. And he has some kind of revelation in which he tells Locke, don't open it. I don't, all know, of a sudden, I don't know what it the, is. Don't open
3: it. And all of a sudden, for the first time, he wants off the island. Yeah. Yeah. So, which is crazy because he burned the raft because he didn't want to go. And Michael, I was very surprised that Michael said, you know what? You don't want to go? We're going to stay right here. Because he's been like a dog with a bone trying to get off the island.
2: Yeah different
3: dynamic change again there buddy again
2: and yeah another dynamic change that has happened um in this episode you're right he wanted off and now he or he wanted to stay and now he wants off mm-hmm. and it's it it's a question of what did he see when he touched john and we never get an answer we never get an answer
3: uh i have a feeling he saw what happened to mr echo I have
2: a feeling he saw a lot in a in a in a in a flash.
3: Yeah, maybe. I mean, he maybe
2: literally the could have Maybe the following seasons
3: are his entire vision. Ooh, that's a that's an interesting thought. Did I just did I just stop you in your tracks?
2: You kind of did. <laughs> it's kind of like the whole like the whole Bob Newhart show was a dream aspect, <clears throat> uh, kind of thing that the whole rest of the series is literally Walt's vision podcast over
3: (laughs) we figured it out
2: (laughs) yeah we we got the solution (laughs)
3: yeah so
2: but yeah i mean it's a shame that it's something that's never further explained because
3: Mm
2: -hmm. i mean and i think there's a lot of elements that go into it i think michael david kelly or malcolm david kelly just kind of I, i he hit puberty and he grew up And you just really couldn't explain it
3: around that. There was a way to get around that. They could have done a time jump.
2: I don't like time jumps, though.
3: I understand. (laughs) But if you if you have a character that you've set up to be as cool as Walt and time is just getting in the way on a show because they started him off too young, much like they did Carl on The Walking Dead, then time jump it. But there's so much happening,
2: though, in the present of that series at that time that you couldn't time jump without explaining everything in between. I just don't think think that show could have gotten away with a time
3: jump. I think I think you could have time jumped maybe, you know, like six months.
2: Do you think you would have sprouted that much in six months?
3: Maybe, I don't know. Actually,
2: he kind of did, because one of the reasons why they didn't bring him back for the following season was because he grew up. He grew older than the character of Walt, and there really is only like four to six months in between seasons, so I guess he kind of did. Yeah, so I mean,
3: what you could have done, you know, what they could have done is they could have just been like, okay, well, let's establish the island a little bit more and just, you know, explain away that there hasn't been any, you know, funny business going on, and everybody's just kind of like, okay, well, I guess we live here now, right? And then just gone on with the story. But
2: I think, again, I think it's a little bit more than, okay, we, we live here now because there's so much going on. You've got, like, if you've time jumped six months, how do you explain avoiding the smoke monster? How do you avoid
3: well, that, uh, that's, the others? That, how
2: do you avoid Daniel Rousseau? Like, how do you right, avoid all these
3: things? But that's something like maybe they set traps. Maybe they, you know, maybe you have a few less people because the smoke monster continues to eat people if they go into the jungle. I don't know. I mean, but there, if to me, Walt or Malcolm, Kelly, David, whatever you <laughs> just said. Malcolm, David, Kelly. <laughs> yeah. Um, what, to me, when you set up a character like Walt then you have to try and at least see it through. And if the six-month time jump doesn't work from season one to season two, then it doesn't work. But it's worth a shot to at least try and write it that way.
2: True. I don't know. I, I, you're right. I mean, they probably could have definitely figured out something to to find a way to do it and, rather than write him off the series. But, uh, you know.
3: Maybe he was like a brat kid.
2: Could have been. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't even know if he's done anything since Lost, to be honest. Uh-oh. Um, nah, he, <laughs> he has. He has. Uh, I'm looking at his... Uh, he's done a couple... He was in a show called Gigantic, which was a TV series. He was in the movie Detroit. And that's really oh, cool. it. cool. I mean, he's done some, like, one-offs in some other series, too. So he's, he's still working. It's just a matter of... He just hasn't done anything, like, Lost since
3: Lost. All right. Sorry. Do you have any other notes?
2: Uh, I have one other one. And okay. I'm glad I'm saving this one for last because this is a happy note.
3: Yay. And
2: can I just say how heartwarming the scene of Claire cutting Charlie's hair while yes. he's playing the guitar for Turnip Head yes. was... <laughs> like, that was just such a nice, beautiful scene. And all I have to say is... I want a drive shaft album simply so I can hear Monster Eats the Pilot.
3: This one's going, this track two is going to be called Monster Eats the Pilot. Monster Eats the Pilot. You should, you should, li- you and Turniphead can live with me in LA. Like, cause I, I won't have a heroin problem again. I, well,
2: he won't actually.
3: <laughs> well, okay, but.
2: If you think about it in the end, he doesn't. Um, Ouch. But- <laughs> Wow, <laughs> yeah. oh,
3: that went dark, buddy. <laughs>
2: It did go dark. <laughs> <coughs> Sorry. Uh, but, I mean, just that moment of, like, this is the first real time, like, they kind of feel like a family at this moment. I mean, especially with, like, Charlie saying, like, you should come and stay with me in L.A. And, like, it was just so nice and so heartwarming that I, it's a short scene But I just, I love that scene so much in this episode.
3: I completely agree. They are a total family unit, more so than, you know, the other married couple on the island. Yeah, that's
2: true. The actual (laughs) married couple (laughs) on the island. Right,
3: exactly. Well,
2: there is another married couple on the island. They're just not complete yet.
3: Well, you know, so as of right now, (laughs) they're the it couple.
2: (laughs) Yes, exactly. But I mean, and it's just one of the, I just love every moment that we get with those
3: yeah, guys. I agree.
2: What about you? Any other notes to talk about before we we press on?
3: No, I got to say Jack is the worst. Let's go. <laughs> All right.
2: <laughs> uh, cool. So that'll wrap it up for the breakdown of the episode then. We we do have to go into the ma- the manifest minutes and this will actually be We don't
3: the... have to. We, we want get to. We
2: get to. <laughs> and this will actually be a double dose of manifest minutes and also uh, the last dose of Manifest minutes for 2019, as we are 2018, as we have hit the mid-season finale. So we're not going to be getting anything else until January 7th is when the show is going to return, and we'll be going into yeah. I think there's eight more episodes, nine more nine more episodes, before the season wraps
3: up. So- oh well, they're they're going to get picked up again. They're going to get picked up for a season two.
2: Uh, it depends on how they wrap this season, the way they're going. Calling but it. I'll tell you what, though, man. These last two episodes, things really picked up. Uh, but we did. We have two episodes to, to kind of break down a little bit: "Point of No Return" and "Dead Reckoning," which was the mid-season finale. And yeah, I, I really don't even know where to start. I, I, we might as well just talk about them both together rather than going. Well, one I, to one. I
3: watched it as a double feature, so, so I don't I. know which episode was what.
2: Yeah. Yeah, so did I. So um, I will say, like, I'll start with Grace. And Ugh. she is a character that I started to come around on and then completely reverted by the end of the midseason finale.
3: I hate her so much. It, it's it's <laughs> hard. Flames! I was just going to do that! Flames. Thank you.
2: <laughs> Thank you. You beat me to it. <laughs> this is why I love podcasting with you. <laughs>
3: She's just awful. (laughs) I just can't even. First of all. Okay. First of all, you don't believe your husband on anything he says. Second of all, he's just come home. A friend of his is dead. His sister's in the hospital. Jared's on the cusp of death. Cal, Cal's like he has saved Cal for the time being. Right. And Cal's the one that snuck out of the house. Let's all be clear on that. Yeah. Under her watch. Under her watch. And she kicks Ben out of the house. She kicks him out to go where? He has nowhere to go. He has no job. He just got his family back. Not to mention that Olive just got her dad back after five and a half years. So he didn't come to your barbecue that she knew nothing about.
2: <laughs> That's true. That's like, very, very why true. Why
3: are you mad about that? I the whole thing makes me just insane. They have really screwed the pooch with this character. But you know what, though, I, in, all, in all
2: honesty, I'm kind of okay with it now. Like, I I still don't like her character, and I will probably continue to not like her character. But you know what? One of the things that we were saying we were kind of thinking was going to happen, and I think now we're kind of hoping this happened, is let's see him and Sanvi together. Let's see Ben yeah, and Sanvi Yeah, we haven't gotten
3: together. a lot of Sanvi lately, though.
2: We got a little bit more um, this time around, but not mm. a lot. yeah. Um, but I mean, understandably so, because you look at the, uh, the story, uh, really does focus around Michaela, Ben and Cal, uh, at this point and, and director Vance, which I'm not convinced he's dead.
3: That guy's not dead. Yeah.
2: Not convinced he's dead. We didn't
3: see the body.
2: Exactly. No body, no death.
3: Hey, Game of Thrones rules, man.
2: If it doesn't happen on screen, it didn't happen.
3: It didn't happen.
2: Yep. The whole conveniently, well, he didn't make it. Nope, don't believe that for a second.
3: Not one second. I also think that uh, the psychologist person, she just moved all those prisoners somewhere for the Singularity Project. And to get, I I think that she infiltrated um, Vance and Ben's operation so that she could find... Uh, the subject so that she could take them away and do her own little experiments on because nobody went with her and and the other people. And now Vance is, quote unquote, dead. And Ben has lost his job over at wherever it was that he was working. It wasn't UDS, was it? It was.
2: No, Ben wasn't working for UDS. Ben snuck into UDS.
3: Right, but yeah. so, but what I'm saying is, is I think that she is not on the up and up.
2: I don't think she's on the up and up either. What
3: is her name? Olivia? That sounds wrong.
2: Um, th- oh God, um, that's a good question. I honestly the British, don't remember.
3: the British one.
2: Yeah, no, um, <laughs> uh, Fiona. Yes, Fiona. Fiona.
3: Yes, Fiona. Olivia, same thing.
2: <laughs> <laughs> You're like, yes, no, that's not what you said. You said Olivia. I said Fiona. Uh, no, I, I don't think she's on the up and up either. And I honestly think that. I think that Vance was taken by her. I think when you have all these people that have these, you know, these abilities or whatever it is that's going on in their brain, I think she took she needed a normal person to be kind of like um, a base to the experiment to compare like a normal human brain to their brains. Oh, no. So I I think Vance is with her and Vance isn't dead. I will be very genuinely surprised if Vance is dead.
3: No, he's not dead. There's more to that character, I think. I got to tell you, it ended very, very well. I mean, I have so many questions and I was very upset that that was it. And for, you know, through the holidays, because I think that for the first time, uh, the actress who plays Mick... Just nailed it. I was crying and crying when she was just at pleading for Jared to live. Um, I thought she just that was such a great scene. She just did so well. And I love it that Jared doesn't want her to go. I love it that she stayed and that Lourdes wasn't there. I just loved it all. (laughs) I hope Lourdes and Grace. I hope they both get on a bus and they just ride off into the distance.
2: Goodbye. Well, that was something you you were saying was probably most likely going to happen anyway. You predicted that they were going to end up back together. And you also predicted that Grace and Ben were going to split. And those two things happened. Yes, I'm very smart. So now, (laughs) (laughs) I kind of just went right past that remark. Um, (laughs) I I wanted to know if you noticed something, though. I'm sure you did. uh, When... You know, when Cal tells Ben that it's got to be him, you're the only one that can see that can see it, you're the only one that can lead them out, and he sees the lights. Right. Did you happen to notice what they look like? A runway? The runway lights. Yeah. So again, it's tying back to the event that brought them all together.
3: Well, it seems that the first event that brought them all together was the plane exploding. So the plane, you're right, the plane has something to do with whatever it is that's happening with them. True. I ooh, I don't know. I I will uh, I wish Grace just left the house. I'm sorry. I'm still pretty salty about this. Well, I mean, I
2: but you can understand her kicking Ben out and not leaving because she doesn't want to leave Cal with who she thinks is irresponsible around Cal. When you're right, she Cal's the one that escaped on her watch or exactly. got out on her watch. Like it's your fault he left and you didn't notice.
3: Right, because she was uh, she had a whole bunch of people in her house for a barbecue that she didn't tell her husband about.
2: Yeah, exactly. And then she's mad when he doesn't show up Yeah. to a, to a barbecue he didn't know about.
3: It, it just makes no sense to me at, at all. I mean, that's like, uh, you know, that that that's stuff that, you know, Im- like the most immature people get mad at each other for. I You know what? If you want to go be with Danny that bad, then just go be with Danny, okay? Don't make up a reason like you didn't come to the barbecue I didn't invite you to.
2: Yeah, yeah, very true.
3: You yeah. know, and and to do that to her daughter is just beyond me. I, I'm, I'm still, I, you know, people are so selfish. They, they just don't, and I don't like it that they injected this dynamic into the show. I really don't. I think this is a big misstep. You know, ugh. <laughs> I, I, I'm so angry. Of, I had something very well thought out to say earlier today, and I guess I'm a little upset about it because, you know, Olive did not, I, I don't know, I, Olive has really, I've come around on Olive.
2: I have she too. Was I, I have was inclusive
3: too. with Cal at school. She held his hand at school. She made sure he wasn't alone. She's so supportive. You know, she's really, she was supportive to her mom about date night, which was adorable when they were FaceTiming eyeshadows and stuff like that. I got to tell you, I just don't think that Grace wants to be with Ben.
2: I don't think she has for a while. I think she was kind of fooling herself. I think she was trying to convince herself that she wanted to, but she wasn't. And, And she just, she really didn't.
3: So she should go be with Danny. But, you know, Ben doesn't have anywhere else to go. He's in a boiler room now. If He'll Grace go stay left, with she could have gone. But what I'm saying is, is if Grace <laughs> left, she would have just gone to Danny's house. True. Yeah, but, you know, but she but kicked she, but, her but, husband but, out on his butt without a job and without a home and without anywhere to go with the government after him. But she doesn't care. Exactly.
2: Which is why I'm going to say Grace is the worst.
3: Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, she should meet
2: Jack. <laughs> she should meet Jack.
3: I have a really good spinal surgeon for her to meet. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so it's going to be interesting to see where they're going to go, but into the the second half of the season. But I'm sure there's going to be some more reveals, and there's going to be some other stuff that they can that they could do with this. And you're right, that was a really strong finale, yeah. I mid mean, season finale. And I'm really looking forward to where the show is going to go.
3: Did you see that? Um, me too. Did you see that Ben found out who his pair was? He still heard the sound until like he kept unplugging everybody and he kept hearing the sound until he unplugged that one woman. Yes. Yeah. And then it went away. I was like, oh, that's your pair, dude. Grab her.
2: (laughs) Well, he did. But she's now probably with uh, with Fiona.
3: No, right. Right. he should have just grabbed her and said like you're with me now let's
2: go but we also the one thing we didn't talk about i know we're kind of running short on time but um you know the other thing that we we really didn't talk about is the one person on the plane who kind of turned against everybody and she was oh i know then she was the one that kind of led them but now the question is was everything that happened part of their plan
3: could have been i mean if if that was part of their plan, then Fiona was probably part and of on the it the plan. whole time. The bug was part of the plan. They wanted to see how deep maybe Vance was willing to go, or who was involved, or how far Ben was willing to go with it, or they wanted to kill off as many people as they could. Yeah, cause I don't they, know. because
2: with Fiona on the inside, you know, they knew that if the plan went, they could do this as part of their plan, and they still. Even if they would have found the location as they did and got everybody out, they still would have had everybody back in the end. Right. Because Fiona was in on it the whole time. And
3: they got rid of, and they would have and they gotten got rid of, of what's-his-case. Well, oh. and it looked like the other guy was dead, too. Lawrence? Yeah. Yeah. That so. guy looked like he was, he gone.
2: Yeah. That, that that boy looked like the definition of, uh. what's the blonde hair, blue eyed? Ad. What? <laughs> <laughs> what? Did you
3: say? I call all I call all like trust fund looking babies Thad.
2: Oh, <laughs> well, because My that's
3: name's Thad. Oh, apologies
2: yeah. for any listener who might have the name Thad.
3: No, for Kristen, <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> I'm sorry if your name is Thad. It's close. It's 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 for you know. It's short for something else like Thaddeus or something. Thaddeus. Just go by Thadeus. Yeah. Just go so. by that. <laughs> please. Oh God! All right, so yeah, but Popped I'm look collar and some board shorts away from <laughs> you know mommy's basement. <laughs> Thank you for that.
2: Bob's collar and board shorts. There's an image. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we have listener feedback
3: oh i'm sure we do we, we're gonna get
2: more after this episode <laughs> um, so uh but we do we have a couple of voicemails that we're gonna play and of course we're gonna start with our friend des who we mentioned a little i mentioned a little earlier when kristen was going on how bad jack was
3: yeah he's not a fan of me rant the, the, ranting over his little boyfriend
2: <laughs> i'm sorry des i'm sorry i'm apologizing
3: <laughs> <laughs> Kristen's in mood this week Walking Dead may, has made me salty this oh, week
2: <laughs> God. Um, but yeah so let's go ahead and play that voicemail from Des
0: Hey Kristen, hey Ben this is Des calling about the latest lost episode Born to Run um, big old Kate backstory but I don't really have a whole lot to say about Kate on this one except for she comes off kind of unlikable Um, I mean, first in her backstory, I mean, I know she wanted to go take care of her mom and visit her, but she meets up with her old friend who works in the hospital. He's married, new baby, so what does she do? She makes out with him, and then I think gets him killed. Do they actually say if he's dead or not? Looks like it, but not sure. One thing that really came to a head in this episode and was getting really, really old is, uh, Jack and Locke in their dick measuring contest. It just keeps coming on and on in this episode. And at least in the beginning, they got uh, Saeed there to calm him down and take a beat. But later on, they just keep going at it and it gets really, really old. I will say, though, Jack is the one that figures out what happened with the poison water. He might not know the whole story, but he figured out that Sun did it since she kind of had the note at know-how of the herbs and everything and what to do and one good thing that came out of the incident uh, when uh, Walt talks to Michael and confesses about burning the raft this is the first time that Michael actually sounds like a reasonable father you know tells him not to worry about it and, and talks to him like he actually cares about him instead of looking at him as a possession I think that's pretty much all I got to say about this episode. I will say, you know, I had to make sure to call in this week because after last week and all the teasing and taunting I got, I think just to make sure I was listening, you know, I thought I would have to, you know, make sure you guys know I'm listening. Uh, Talk to you guys later.
2: (laughs) Uh, So he picked up on how you feel. (laughs) The, The taunting and the teasing.
3: Well, you know Des and, I, Des and I never really let up on each other either in Atlanta. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh God. That's great though that he I mean, I love the fact that he's still that he does listen and he's he's leaving the voicemails for us and that was just Oh, that was just a topper. And now like i, I sensed another big disagreement with when he's he Yeah, said I had that,
3: a lot to say to him on that one. <laughs>
2: that Kate comes off as not likable.
3: I know. I can't wait. I can't wait for him to privately message us again.
2: <laughs> That's true. He usually does after he hears after he listens to the podcast. <laughs> so, which
3: we encourage for anybody that wants to do that because I get a real kick out of it. I do
2: too, and we've had a couple people do that. So it's and we're per- perfectly fine with it. <laughs> so we'll, we usually answer when we can, and we'll gladly have conversations with you about it uh, off too. But definitely leave voicemails too because the voicemails are fun to play and fun to listen <laughs> to. So. Uh, all right, we got another one from Steve on this episode, so let's go ahead and play that one.
3: All right.
1: Hello, Ben and Kristen. This is Steve with uh, just a couple of brief notes on Born to Run. Uh, sorry, I don't know what happened last week. I just didn't didn't get the chance to my voicemail, and it was. But um, have they ever started a an episode with a flashback? I can't remember, and I, it stood out this time. They started the episode in a flashback which I thought was interesting. Um, I loved uh, Art's uh, line where he said, because I'm a doctor and you're a hillbilly. That was um, talking about the tides and stuff. You've already talked about kind of Walt's powers and how they're not being explained, but we kind of see that again here. We see a little bit of that. And um, the interaction between Sun and and Jen was was really interesting. I'm um, looking forward to hearing what you guys uh, thought about this episode. Uh, Talk to you next week. I will try to remember to send in something for Manifest. (laughs) <laughs> I'm, I'm a doctor and you're a hillbilly. I forgot about <laughs> that line. I'm
3: a doctor line. and you're a hillbilly. <laughs> I forgot
2: about that line. <laughs>
3: oh, that's really funny.
2: Yeah. So, but yeah, and... he, he, he noticed some of the stuff with with Jin and Sun too, which we broke down a little bit earlier. And I I don't know. Have has an episode started with a flash in a flashback before?
3: I'm sure I, it has. I was gonna ha- say
2: I, I want to say it has, but I don't remember. I don't remember for sure.
3: Des, do you remember?
2: <laughs> let us know. <laughs> Anybody, any listeners, let us know if if one has before. Um, but uh, one other voicemail to play, and that is also from Steve, and that is on these past two episodes of Manifest. So Ooh-hoo. let's play that.
1: Hey, Ben and Kristen, it's Steve, and just finished watching Dead Reckoning. They, I guess it's a, the, we're calling this the fall, the fall mid-season finale of Manifest, and had a couple of thoughts that I. Wanted to share, and I noticed that they're not mentioning the eight two eight as much. The Romans eight twenty eight, the faith aspect. I, I love that that Mick prayed kind of in this, and she kind of she said she spoke to the calling and got it. Hopefully, it answered, and and that's why Jared was spared. I thought that was was really interesting, but I haven't noticed any eight two eights referenced lately. Maybe you guys have, and I um, I haven't. They put a lot of trust in the doctor. Looks like it was it was, uh, you know, well placed, but still a lot of trust in her. And I'm really glad that I've already seen Lost and that we're watching Lost as well because it, it helps me to know that I can trust that this show has a plan and this show has mapped it out and knows what's going to happen because of Lost. Um, I really like the the line from. Uh, the doctor, when she said, how is uh, any of this possible? Uh, I thought that was that was kind of interesting. And uh, just, yeah, and I wonder what happened if Vance is actually dead. What happened to the other people that he was with? You know, Jared was, was spared. But where is the guy, the the bad guy, and who is this major? And I guess we're not going to find out until January or February, whenever the show comes back. And uh, so I guess uh, no more Manifest for the next uh, few weeks, but I hope you're going to keep doing your Lost rewatch because I'm excited about uh, this season finale of season one wrapping up. Uh, talk to you later.
2: No, no more Lost. Now that Manifest has taken a break, we're
1: if
3: not going to be Manifest lost anymore. Manifest is going, no more Lost. <laughs> Of course, I draw the line. Of
2: course, we're gonna keep doing Lost. That's the reason why we started this.
3: Oh, um, Steve, I love you.
2: <laughs> and thanks, Steve, always for every week for sending in the voicemails and always being a big supporter of the podcast. And but yeah, I mean that's the reason why we do this is for Lost. And like I said, I, I kind of I'm okay with the fact that Manifest is gonna be on a little bit of a break, especially because the next two episodes that we're gonna talk about, next three episodes that we're gonna do are. The two episodes of the of the finale of season one and the premiere of season two, so there are three big episodes that I'm without talking about. Manifest we'll have a little extra time to kind of focus more on those two. So and I think we got to figure it out. Maybe I know by season two episode one we'll do a top five. We might even have to shift into that for the finale. Um, Okay, and (laughs) I know you don't have a problem with it. I know you have no issues with it at all. But we'll figure it out before we go. Um, But, yeah, let's um, tell people how they can leave us feedback if they want to, and we definitely encourage you guys to do that. Uh, You can contact us on Facebook, for starters, at facebook.com slash lostrevisited.
3: We are on Instagram at lostrevisitedpod.
2: You can email us at lostrevisitedpod at
3: gmail.com. If you'd like to leave a message, you can record it yourself and send it to our email address.
2: As Des and Steve have done for the past couple weeks. And last but not least, be sure to check out all of the other podcasts that we have on both the Next Level Podcast Network and the Podcastica Podcast Network, including, uh, Miss Kristen, I wanted to say how much I enjoyed your house podcastica with your husband, Dave.
3: Oh, I'm so glad. I, it was fun.
2: Th- just I, it, the dynamic that you two have, it's its no wonder that you two are together. And it, it was so much fun to listen to. And when I when I finally do meet your husband in person, uh, I, I want to pride him on his cuckoo a lot.
3: Uh, yeah, the, he was really,
2: <laughs>
3: He's, I, the two of you, there's a reason why you and I are besties, Ben.
2: <laughs> yeah, I can imagine.
3: Yeah, you guys are very much alike. You'll like each other a lot. I'm yeah. excited too.
2: I, that's why I'm kind of bummed that you guys aren't coming up for our December meetup, but um, I'm sure at some point in 2019, I will get the opportunity to meet him and I'm looking forward to it.
3: Cool. Yeah, you can thank Hurricane Florence for for not going. Yeah, <laughs> we're just tapped out.
2: I, I can imagine it sucks. Yeah, but it's it's a shame. But you know, we'll uh, I'll get the opportunity soon enough. I'm sure.
3: Yeah, definitely. So, and then you also have uh, some interviews coming up.
2: Uh, I do. I have uh, a couple interviews coming up on my Spotlight podcast, which uh, are still. I don't like to reveal until they're one hundred percent concrete. So I'm, I'm. I will say that there are some. So keep an eye out on the the um, like the next level Facebook page, like nextlevelradioonline.com and and such for those. Uh, but the one I can tell people about is the one for the DC Primetime podcast. In that they are getting ready to do their huge. Uh, Arrowverse crossover that they do every year that's coming up in two weeks and somebody who I've had on the podcast before uh, is very excited to come back on and talk about it and that is John Wesley Shipp who if you are not familiar with was the original Flash back in the 90s and for those of you who don't watch those shows but might have watched Dawson's Creek he was Dawson's father which I know he's, he's still very popular for that role as well so very excited to have John back on to talk about the crossover and even more excited that he's excited
3: yeah so, which is a lot that's of fun. great
2: so uh but i think that is going to wrap it up for this week's episode of we have to go back uh thank you everybody for listening as always commenting subscribing and all that you do uh if you want to leave us a review on itunes we definitely encourage you to do so and we'll probably read it on the podcast at the same time uh but
3: um Kristen, any last notes for you no oh (laughs) okay go like- go watch go watch game of Thrones because it's cool I don't I don't know
2: <laughs> I, I'll buy I'll back that okay <laughs> I'll back that I bought it um yeah so that's gonna wrap it up so until next time we will see you guys further down that rabbit hole take care
3: bye
1: We have to go back!